Hello and welcome back to the Second Screen Podcast. My name is Nick Lane, and with me, as always, is my very good friend Matthew. Today's episode is brought to you by beer, which makes not great movies better. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. And joining us is a very special guest, Shan. Shan. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hey Shane, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really good. We had a fun day uh, yesterday all together. We uh, ran and drank and ran and drank. And ran was, and drank. It was pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Pretty great. How are you doing, Matthew? Uh, I am just fine. They won't be able to see my eye, but I've got like a weird thing going on with my eye. I'm hoping it's some sort of metahuman morphosis. Morphosis? Mm-hmm. Metahuman something, so my superpower should develop shortly. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, you know, Godspeed, Matthew. <laughs> so this time on the Second Screening Podcast, I almost said week, but we don't do this for a week. That'd be a nightmare. We are reviewing Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad! Oh, boy. <laughs> so, Matthew, do you have any Matt Facts for us? Yeah, I guess it's a segment now, Matt Facts. As always, I usually like to talk about the director, basically, if the director did anything interesting. So, uh, David Ayer, or Ayer, A-Y-E-R, mm-hmm. I don't know, you can say it however you want, uh, as long as it's not G-I-F, because that is pronounced GIF, and that's a fact. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he did a screenplay for The Fast and the Furious, though I don't think he should get credit for that, because it's just point break and so i don't think you should get credit that they also did training day which was fantastic swat one of my favorite movies of all time uh end of watch which from i never watched it but it looked basically just like training day two he also did the screenplay for fury and suicide squad and as a director i think the he directed street kings which is also funny because street kings is kind of training day two so there seems to be like a cop theme going on specifically kind of like a dirty cop theme i guess and he also uh he direct okay so the end of watch fury and Suicide Squad, he both wrote and directed. So he both wrote and directed this movie. Actor-wise, Jared Leto was the Joker, which I think was probably the the best Joker gag, because it was basically two years of him trolling everybody. Yeah, that was pretty great. Margot Robbie. I'm sorry. Robbie. Yeah, Margot Robbie was (laughs) Harley Quinn. Viola Davis from How to Get Away with Murder was in it. I don't know. I like, I think she's a good actress. Is she Dr. Moon slash Enchantress? No, no, that's somebody else. She's Amanda Amanda Waller. Waller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this little-known actor, I think I'm saying it wrong, probably Wild Smith. Wild Smith. I don't think anybody's ever heard of him. I've never heard of him. It's probably a breakout movie, so I think he's going to go places. Oh, man. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll based see. Based on his performance in this movie. Yeah, we'll see. We'll talk about that. Cool. All right, so Suicide Squad starts with a song, and that song is The House of the Rising Sun, as performed by the Anim. Of course. Yeah, and it starts with a panning scene going into a prison somewhere in what I'm assuming is America. It looks like Louisiana because it looks like it's set in the middle of a swamp. Also, the song is about a house in New Orleans. Oh, I, um, I did not pick up on that oh yeah that's cool and so i'm assuming it's somewhere in louisiana and it has will smith's character there as far as you know it has just will smith punching a bag in a cell that could be probably 80 percent of will smith movies because <laughs> yeah. i think will smith is the jason statham of punching bags so jason statham always drives a car with the exception of in the name of the king where he drives a horse and i think will smith generally punches punching bags yeah i think that, <laughs> i feel like that's pretty accurate so he gets into you know some trouble with the guard he mounts up to one of them. Yeah, I think he threatens him, actually. Yeah, he threatens him. And he starts getting, like, his ass beat by a bunch of guards. But, it, you know, he's starting to fight them off. Yes. And then it makes a hard cut to a completely different song, the name of which I never looked up, and I don't, I didn't recognize it. And then you're introduced to Margot Robbie's character. At this point, you don't know any of these people's names, but you know that Will Smith's character is Deadshot. Margot Rob- Robbie's character is Harley Quinn. Yeah, I think, I, I think Deadshot and Harley Quinn are in the public domain enough that most people know I them. think you're right, but yeah, they never they hadn't established that yet. So she's doing like circus acrobatics in her cell, which is like 
a double cell because it had like chain link fence with barbed wire around it, yeah. and, and then a centralized steel cell. And so the same like, guard who like came and punked Will Smith started causing. Well, they, you that was the thing where she was like flirting with him, and he was like, "No, you're crazy." Blah blah blah. Yeah, that's not going to work a second time. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. And he like shocks her. She knocks herself out by running into the bars. Yeah, exactly. So then it cuts from there. I, I think no, they have one more scene in that jail with the killer croc. They open up a, or is that later? I don't remember. I mean, it doesn't really matter the order. The key yeah. is that you basically are introduced to every member of the squad. Right? right. Yeah. Exactly. And so at that point, you're yeah, you're introduced to the main three. I would say, which are Killer Croc, Harley Quinn, and Deadshot. Yes. I almost said Kill Shot. Yeah, it works. And then it does another hard cut to another song, and a car is driving in some city. I'm guessing it's not Gotham. I don't think, but there's a car driving in some city, and this woman gets out of a car, and she's Amanda Waller. And you can tell already that you're badass. Yes. Yeah, she has that shit, the way she carries herself. My, yeah, I guess it'd probably be like Washington, D.C. or something. Uh, yes, you're actually probably right. Yeah. I, I couldn't figure out where it was. And so they go to the Cicada Club, or the Cicada Restaurant. I just happened to notice it just... The Cicada something. 3301 Restaurant? <laughs> yes. Sweet. Sweet. And the guards out front who were posted all had AR-15s, it looked like, or some kind sure. of assault rifle. And I was like, those are not normal bellhops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's having dinner and sitting down with... Someone who's high up in the military. It's a I Navy admiral. Okay. I was yeah. like, I don't know ranks. I didn't know who the hell this guy was. He just had a bunch of colorful shit on his coat. Yeah, it was a Navy admiral. <laughs> so she's explaining her, what sounds like her new take on an idea that she's already talked about before, which is Task Force X. Yes. Task Force X, which is an idea to get a group of metahumans together who are superpowered and can fight the next terrorist attack. However, these are villains, and the reason why they want to use villains is because they don't need to care about them, whether they live or die. Well, and they also have extreme leverage. So if you have villains, they can do stuff that somebody else, you know, in theory, if they're in the military, should do, but, you know, might not be as motivated, or they might not actually do it, whereas, you know, these guys, they're in prison, so you can basically manipulate them as you need to. Right, I suppose in this case also, Superman probably isn't going to want to kill somebody, whereas villains probably don't care about killing people whatsoever. Well, they can't control Superman, right? I mean, that was... I, I actually do remember this line. I think it was a good line. She said, Superman shared our ideals. What happens when the next Superman doesn't? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, even if they could, you know, they could might be able to convince Superman, but they can't control him, whereas mm-hmm. they can control Task Force X. Task Force X. And so she is talking with this admiral, and she has this other guy... I don't know who what his role is. He's a chairman of some committee. I'm guessing he's a congressman or a senator. Probably some sort of classified intelligence committee. Yeah, something like that. And so she's got an ally with him. They're trying to convince the admiral to get them into the Pentagon and talk to the joint chief of, chief of staffs, I suppose. Yeah. And she's going through and introducing the rest of the proposed team. She talks about, you know, she brings up Deadshot and we kind of go through, you know, a scene that shows how badass Deadshot is. And then they go well, to how he was how caught. How he's captured yeah. with his, yeah, his daughter stepped in front of Deadshot shooting Batman. Right, exactly. Yeah. And Amanda was also she shows that she's very capable of getting behind the scenes of things and she was the one who manipulated Deadshot to get caught by Batman. Yes. So she gave a hint yeah, to yeah. a certain person. Yeah, a certain and, person that got She's pulling strings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then you have Harley Quinn being introduced. You know, it talks about her and how she was seduced and corrupted by the Joker 
and how she kind of got into his gang, but then they also kind of fell in love, sort of thing. They kind of established that they were like the king and queen of Gotham. King and queen of crime. And, yeah, that's yeah. right. And her eventual capture by Batman also. When the and, Joker abandons her yeah, by crashing into a river. Right, and she goes through the windshield, and I'm, I was just like, that person's dead. She's a dead person. Yeah, yeah. Apparently she survived. Yeah. And was cognitive enough after that crash to make out with Batman slightly. Well, yeah, uh, she took a slash at Batman, and then did he use some sort of ultrasonic thing that, like, because, like, he shoots it, and it hits her in the face underwater, and that, like, knocks her out. Oh, I thought he just punched her. Oh, maybe he just punched her really hard. Oh, I thought it was, like, because to me, like, I saw, like, a bubble, and it looked like an air bubble. I assume it was an air bubble from him punching Punching her. her? Oh, okay, maybe I was, well, I was like, Batman, gadget. Of course he has, like, an underwater knockout gadget. He probably does, but, yeah, I I thought that it was a... uh, Okay, a punch. Okay, fair enough. So, she's in jail now. Then they go through a few other people. El Diablo, He's a gangbanger from East L.A., and he can manipulate fire. Yes. Which sounds awesome. He was uh, born with the devil's gift. Yeah, I love that line. That comes later, though. And then we're introduced to Captain Boomerang, a guy with no special abilities other than he seems to be moderately fairly strong. Like, he seems like a pretty strong guy. Yes. And also he uses boomerangs. So I'm going to say it once so that I can say I said it. I will say Captain Boomerang. That will be the last time I will ever say Captain Boomerang, and henceforth it will only be Captain Why Are You Here. So yes, we are introduced to Captain Why Are You Here. Yeah, exactly. And then the next one we have is Killer Croc. And I think I talked about it a little bit, but you basically you get introduced to him by then just not even showing him getting arrested. He just was always in jail, essentially. They're like, he's a monster, put him in jail. Because that's how justice works. Yes. And he's also a subtle racial stereotype. And he's played by Michael Jai White, who every time I see him, you know, he's a pretty good fighter. And every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's going to do some sweet fighting stuff. He was also in The Dark Knight. And, he, and as always, he's seems to do zero sweet fighting stuff and I don't understand. Oh, that's too bad. So, at that point, then we are also introduced to Colonel Rick Flagg, who is a super soldier, not like super soldier like Captain America, but he's like A number one, top of his class at all the military places and he's just the best soldier that America's ever produced and also he golfs with a par of negative three or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I noticed that in his like, in his dossier. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, great. He's going to to be assisting Waller in leading Task Force X, the Suicide Squad. And he's involved because he's in love with Dr. June, June Moon. June Moon. Is yes. it June or Julian? Uh, it's June Moon. Okay. So Dr. June Moon. Yeah. Great names, yeah. guys. I actually kind of like that one. Yeah. Well, and and and, uh, and Waller at this point, you know, she she says basically she was, again, pulling strings, right? Mm-hmm. She specifically assigned Colonel Flagg to, to June and hoping they'd fall in love so that she would have leverage. And this is the thing. she Now now she has leverage over Flagg, right? Right, yeah. Whereas so otherwise she wouldn't. The reason why she was assigned to Dr. June Moon is that June Moon is an archaeologist who stumbled upon a secret temple that housed a ultra-dimensional deity, essentially, named the Enchantress. Yes. So the Enchantress now inhabits Dr. June or Dr. Moon's body, and so she assigned Flag to watch over Dr. Moon because of the Enchantress, and then she expected them to, and they did, eventually fall in love. Yes. And so now Waller is able to control the Enchantress because she has the Enchantress's heart, and they found it when they were doing their investigation. Yeah, they found it in the same cave. 
where right. Dr. Moon is like, hey, what's this statue? Let's break it. Because no, that's what archaeologists do. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I was like, <laughs> this, she's the worst archaeologist I've ever seen. Yes. That was just unbelievable. She's like, oh, cool, snaps its head right off. Yeah. I think later on it's revealed that it's actually like a, a piece that comes undone naturally. Like I'm it, sure, but you still wouldn't do that in the cave. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Waller now has the Enchantress's heart, and she can use that to torture the Enchantress into basically doing what she wants. More coercion. Yeah, hooray. Yeah, they're really setting up a Waller as a really good character. Yeah, well, she's a good character, but maybe not a good person. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Like, good <laughs> in the sense of, like, D&D alignment. She's not, she's clearly not good. She's, at this point, at least neutral. Well, so, I don't remember, I mean, I was never a huge D&D nerd because I was too busy being cool. But isn't the thing where it's, like, lawful doesn't define what we consider lawful. Lawful means, like, they have a code or something. So, she right. wouldn't she be lawful? Because, like, she's, she's, like, the greater good. She's being lawful, but she's not being good. So oh, okay. It's, okay. A, it's a matrix. Yeah. So it's lawful, neutral, chaotic, good, neutral, evil. Gotcha. Right. And so you can fall like you can be lawful good. You can also be chaotic good. But you can right. also be lawful evil, which is what I'm, I'm almost at this point thinking that she might be. Who defines good and evil? Because she is basically the embodiment of the greater good, right? right. I, I think that's what she would say. Yeah. And and the, there is an ethical question. There. You're right. There <laughs> is. And you're, yeah, that's getting a bit too ethical. If you're actually looking in the D&D handbook, it describes as a oh, okay. what you right. should use. Oh, okay, sure. In this case, you're right. It's hard to say, like, is she good or evil? That's up for you to decide. Fair and enough. I think we'll talk about that a little bit sure. later. Sure, okay. So anyway, you're introduced to all these characters. So now we have her, the people that she wants to have on her team. She's got, you know, super shooty guy, uh, wild card crazy person. Why the fuck is he here, boomerang man? Captain, why are you here? Captain, why are you here? Uh, super strong and potentially probably actually super durable killer croc. I think killer croc. Scales Killer Croc is like the Hulk of the Justice League. Suicide Squad. You will okay, yeah, but okay, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then the Enchantress, who's I guess in this case would be the Vision if we're going to use the uh, Avengers as a sure, yeah, yeah, as an alternative. Well, because she even does that at the end. Too. Yeah, she's a godlike character essentially. Yes. So yeah, the and thing the, about... and and, uh, and El Diablo. Yeah. You know, oh, and Diablo, like, who's like yeah. a bazooka. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy, his power is so cool. So at this point, Waller is now presenting her case for the new version of Task Force X to the Joint Chiefs of SAP. Or, well, that's what I guess. To the, to the yes. To people who are important. And I'm not entirely certain who it, it is. Are. It is the Joint Chiefs of SAP. Okay, cool. Yes. Uh, good, I'm glad I got that right. And they're basically already over this. They're like, ugh, Waller, not this Task Force bullshit again, essentially. And she has Moon go up and turn into the Enchantress, which is one of the coolest effects. It is, actually, that is great. They released that as a little uh, teaser scene and that scene was fantastic. Oh my god, that was done so well. Yes. I was like, how are they going to do her transitioning? And they like hold hands and, and then flip. flip over. And I thought that was like super cool. To the underside. Yeah. Right. And then she's revealed to be the Enchantress, which is, this is going to sound maybe a little bit sexist, but super hot. I love the Enchantress. Cosplay the Enchantress. I'm going to. Put on that thing, roll around in dirt. <laughs> <laughs> So she's tasked by Waller to go pick up something from somewhere. And go show, get a girl. Yeah, she says, go get a girl. <laughs> and so she, uh, all the light in the room disappears for a second. And she's suddenly on the other side of the room and she drops this notebook down on the table. And it turns out to be like the secret weapon cache. Oh, I think it was the Iranian nuclear program. Right. From the weapons vault of Tehran. So yeah, it yeah. would be Iranian. I wasn't sure exactly what it was. I assumed it was some weapon. I yeah. guess it's nuclear. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And the general, I guess 
because he's wearing black. So black is army. Well, uh, well, I don't remember who it was, but a service dress navy would be black. Okay, so but they were already talking to an admiral already. Why would they be talking to another navy guy? Well, I mean, the chairman, you know, so you know, admiral is just the highest naval rank, and mm-hmm. the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff either has to be a general or an admiral. Okay, so I just kind of assumed that they were going to have like all of the branch there as part of that. Maybe they, they do. don't need to, okay. but they, they do. But there's only one chairman. Okay, so the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Okay, well, military trivia. So okay. the Joint Chiefs of Cha- Staff is the chief of staff of each of the services, mm-hmm. and then the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff is the one that basically leads all of them. Okay. And okay. and he can be anybody. All right. So it depends. Cool. All right. So I guess then he would be a Navy Admiral then. Yeah. And he's, at first he's like, he's like, what is this, a magic show? And then like he sees this notebook and he's like, holy shit, I'm but, in. And like his dick got immediately rock hard. Which, by the way, like if the Enchantress showed up and like made like, I would never look at her and be like, what is this, a magic show? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was like, oh. There's a magical entity here. What the hell? Like, I'd be like, please don't eat my face. Yeah, please don't turn all of our nuclear subs off all at once. Yeah. Good lord. That guy was just so incredulous. He was so over this bullshit already. High standard. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, they get the go-ahead to do the Suicide Squad, essentially. Yes. They're getting the team together. They go back to the... Or it goes back to the jail, and you see Flag is there, and Waller's there. She goes around and kind of introduces herself to each of the people that she wants. First to Deadshot. Yeah. Or no, actually not first to Deadshot. She is walking around in the jail and I think it goes to Harley Quinn first. Okay. And she's walking around. I can't remember the order either. She, yeah, she's talking to, she's walking around and Harley Quinn sees her and she says, are you the devil? Ah! And I think Waller says, we'll see. Yeah. Or something along those lines, but like super badass. Yeah. Like, like Harley Quinn's already intimidated by the Waller, and that's saying something. And if you, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, a platoon, right? Only Bonds can kill Bonds. Yeah. And so it's like, if this crazy person, you know, if only crazy can see crazy, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of does give you a little subtle hint that, you know. There's some, something going on with Yeah, this, this person is, is different. Right. And so they talk to Harley Quinn for a second. Nothing really much happens there. And then... She talks to El Diablo, and he... Who's in, like, a pig roaster or something? Uh, no, what that was was a hydroclave. Oh, see, to me, like, I felt so bad for the dude, because I was like, okay, you spent all this money constructing, like, Killer Croc gets to live in a sewer, Harley Quinn gets two cages, like, hey, okay, this guy's got to be in that thing, why don't you, like, build a bigger one? Yeah, <laughs> they could have built a bigger one, but I, that's a repurposed hydroclave, and yeah. I only know that for a scene that I'm going to talk about in a second, but it's essentially just a device used to hyper-pressurize building airplane materials. Okay. So it's a pressurized oven, essentially. So it's made to withstand extreme heat. Okay, which makes sense. he's an extreme heat man. Yeah. So, talk to him. He's not, he's apparently done with, like, his fighting fighting ways, and, like, he just wants to live a life in peace, and he's fine living in, essentially, a 12 by, I would say, 5 foot cylinder for the rest of his life. Yep. Guess so. Yeah. So, then they have a scene with Deadshot, Mm -hmm. and he, He, at first, he's like, you guys are not gonna, like, like, give a known psycho killer, or not he's a psycho killer, but a known hitman, whatever, or whatever yeah. a loaded gun, right? And they're like, why don't you trust us? And he immediately points at the guard who he's having trouble with earlier. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I told you. Yeah. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. And then while they're, like, having the standoff, the guard goes like, Johnson, if he if he kills me, you take him down. And delete and my browser <laughs> history. Yeah. I was like, I love this guy. Which is a classic joke. Yeah, exactly. Especially for nerds. Sounds Dude, great. incognito mode, bro. Yeah. 
So anyway, he dead shot, quickly realizes that they are live rounds, and just goes to town shooting the various metal... Yeah, they're metal targets. Yeah, metal yeah. targets. Is that normal? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, okay, but, I wasn't sure. Yeah, because basically, you know, if they were paper targets... You'd you know, have to replace like, them every year. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, metal targets. And, well, metal targets, uh, they're also used for competition, because you hear the ding, oh. right? So, yeah, metal targets come. Okay, that makes sense. I wasn't sure. I, they're, I, they're, they're thin enough metal that the bullet punctures it, mm-hmm. but not... Because, you know, if it was super thick metal, it might ricochet. Yeah. Uh, but it's, so it's we thin want to enough do metal. So stop the force and then have it drop. And uh, no, it usually goes through and hits the backstop. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Well, they kind of made a point about the fact that these metal targets weren't allowing the bolts to go through, except for after Deadshot shoots the same location so Multiple many times, times yes. that it drills a hole through the metal. Yes. Right. And so that's how you, they establish how much of a badass he is. He hits the same part of three different targets so much in such a quick succession that he burns a hole through all of them. And, and it's I say glowing. Burn, yeah, yeah, it's, it's glowing. glowing red. So they're like, holy, that, this guy really is a super badass when it comes to guns. And, you know, he's like, this is my price. I got it. I'm getting out. I get full custody of, custody of my daughter. My daughter goes to this Ivy League school. And he's saying all this stuff. And if her grades aren't good, you gotta white people that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So like, yeah, he's like, you know how you guys are. He's like, yeah, I know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. And then he's like, you know, I'm concerned because I don't see anyone writing this down. And he's like talking to Colonel Flag at this point. Yeah. He goes, you know, but I'm not saying this because I want you to remember this. I'm saying because I want her to remember this. You're just the errand boy. Yeah. Like, Damn, you gotta call it out, son. Yeah, because yeah, there's a part where he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm not the boss. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, you thought I was talking to you? No, I was talking to her. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was great. And then he, I, I think he get he got away with calling her sweetness once, probably. And that was about the only time that I think he got away with doing that. Yep. Anyway, so I think while at one point there was also a scene where Waller, I think, was talking with Harley Quinn. Flag was downstairs talking to Killer Croc, and he talks to Croc, and you know, Croc comes up and he's like, "Ain't you scared?" And I'm saying that in that inflection because that's how the Croc sounds. And Flag says, "Why did they put you down here? Why are they treating you like this?" And the Killer Croc says, "Cause." I axed them too. I'm like, awesome. That's great. I love this guy. Yep. This is already a first step into me loving Killer Croc because I'll talk about it later, but Killer Croc is like a really self-actualized character. Okay. And I love him. Sure. Anyway, after Waller and Flag are done kind of talking to what will become the Suicide Squad, they have a scene with Waller, not Waller, Dr. Moon waking up and immediately turning into the Enchantress. So for, for some reason, the Enchantress forced her way into being summoned and there's a part in the scene with the Joint Chiefs of Staff where she sees a picture that she recognizes. And they kind of, they do a hard zoom on it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Captain Flag is already up and she suddenly turns into Colonel. Enchant- or Colonel, whatever. Whatever the fuck he is. I don't care. <laughs> I just, I had to. That's fair. That's fair. He starts pointing his gun at her and he doesn't know what to do because like it's a woman that he loves and they make a big deal about like the depth of his love apparently like because he won't do his job ever. Sure. So he's like pointing a gun at her and Enchantress like, and disappears and shows up in Waller's room and Waller's like pass out of sleep and she goes up to like try and get her heart back from this like metal box and it you know it'll explode and kill her and she's like I don't want that so then she goes into this locked room that apparently also didn't have the same safeguard on it as the box did so she's now got free reign to go into the safe she goes in the safe and she immediately finds both the top secret notebook that uh, Waller collected on the team and also a it's another statue. Another statue, correct. She takes the statue and disappears with it. Next scene is like some handsome looking guy washing his hands and she reaches through a mirror 
breaks his, like his the mirror with his head, drops him, and then opens up the suitcase, unleashing what you've come to realize is her brother. Yes. Who is also an extra-dimensional god-deity character. Makes sense. And he infests this human's body. They have a scene where he basically consumes all the people in a subway, and that starts... The portal a, thing. The portal thing. A bunch of shit. So, they get a... The joint chief staff get an announcement that a non-human threat is targeting Midway, Midway City. City. Yeah, it's called Midway City. Chicago, Chicago. Everybody yeah, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago. So, they're like, get the t- uh, Task Force X together. Then they have a scene where they're, uh, they go and recapture the Suicide Squad. And by that recapture, I mean, they have to, like, send in a lot of guards to go and take, like, take out Deadshot so that they can put him into a wheelchair and, like, strap him down. Another group of guards to swarm in and take Harley Quinn because these characters are rightfully so strong they could take out tens, twenties of any, like, a normal human. Takes that many people to, like, take them down. Yes. So everyone who's been in jail, they take them out of their cells and put, like, strap them into wheelchairs. This is the part where I want to talk about El Diablo. Here's how I know it's a hydroclave because they flush it with water. Oh, okay. And so they, uh, hydroclave is an oven that uses water for pressure instead of a autoclave, which uses air. That was cute because kn- I'd known the term autoclave, but I guess I'd never really known. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So a hydroclave is a hyperpressurized oven. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah. So he was in that and they flushed that with water and they dump him out because while he was like pissed off, he was like generating a ton of heat. And sure. You could tell it because when they come out, all this steam is released. Yeah. So they strap him in and everyone's being like processed to go out of the uh, facility. So they're getting injections. injections with something and you quickly realize it's a bomb. It's a nanite bomb. A nanite Cause bomb. Because it's like a regular bomb. It's well, like gotta have nano in there. Yeah, with, yeah, exactly. What is a nanite bomb? Like a small robot bomb? I, so that was my first question. Yeah, it was like, like a nanobot, but I mean, nano, you know, I guess just means 10 to the minus 9th, right? Yeah. So I guess they're just trying to say a small bomb, but what's a nanite? And that's usually is, a nano robot. Right, but that's a yeah. new name for that. I mean, I don't know why they couldn't have just said a bomb. Yeah, this could have just been a bomb. Which is also a bomb that has the power of a normal hand grenade. Yeah. And actually, like, Colonel Flag says that at one point. Yeah, I guess it's like a chip for your pets, but a bomb. Yeah, so they're getting processed. Everyone's collected together. And by that, I also mean that they finally bring Captain, why is he here there? And they drop him in a duffel bag. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, by the way, also this guy's here, and they drop him off. And then they also bring, it's like, oh, and that guy's name is Slipknot. It's like, this other guy just shows up who they've not introduced at all. It's like, he can climb any building. Cool. Yeah, it's like, great. <laughs> yeah, cool, great. Uh, I did like when Captain YZ here was immediately released from his bag and just punches the first guard he can see. I was yeah. like, that. I'm like, alright. I, I kind of like this character. Yeah, I can, I can, I mean, if you're going to drop somebody in a duffel bag, I'd probably step farther away, but. Yeah. So they're getting ready to go fight this non-human entity in Chicago, I mean, Midway City. Midway City. <laughs> During this time, though, there's been another scene where the Joker finds out that Harley's in jail and they're trying to figure out what's going on or he's the Joker's trying to figure out what's going on he's got like his lackeys doing and he tells his guy to like go get go get the car we're going pull the car around we're going for a drive yeah and this is a little bit earlier actually but it doesn't really matter this part and you know he like lays down and you can see like this is how crazy he is because he's got all these weapons pointing at him he's like ha 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 
Yes. <laughs> so what what happens is that you find out that the guard that you've come to know from the jail scene is in a shitload of debt with a local gang. The Joker uses that as leverage. As leverage. Like they, he buys out his debt and he's like, you basically belong to me, you little bitch, essentially. Yeah. So he finds out about what's going on, both with the nanite weapons and also what's going on with Harley Quinn for, you know, whatever reason. And so he, the Joker then storms the building of the nanite bombs. The nanite bomb maker people. I don't remember who they are. Doesn't matter. I think it's like Osiris Corp or something along those lines. Doesn't matter. And they do it by the stupidest method possible. The They give a gift back, basket to a security guard and he's like, I can't let you in the building. He's like, okay, well, hey, can I leave this with you? I'm behind schedule already. And he's like, the security guard is like, okay. this this. I think the method's actually pretty clever. No security guard would ever accept a package like that. Don't underestimate human stupidity. You're, I guess you're right. <laughs> you're, you know what? That's funny. But I was just like, nah, no way. No yeah. one would ever do that. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. So there's a bomb in there and it blows up and that guy's killed and they storm in with their weird costumes. By a the way, panda! The, yeah, the Joker, the Joker's henchmen all have interesting costumes on. One of them's a panda. I love him. And the other one is Batman. They have a guy with a Batman mask on. That is actually pretty Joker. I thought that was pretty great. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he finds the guy who's like making the bombs and the guy's like, do your worst. I won't do anything. They like show a video of like, we've got your wife, wife, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. like, do whatever they want. It's like, thanks, wife. Yeah. <laughs> way to have a, any kind of ovaries whatsoever. Yep. And so he's like, okay. And then the Joker immediately injects him with the bomb. Yep. And so they got the guy who made the bombs. That's for later. Yep. So at this point, then, they're coming into Midway City via helicopter. And I think, Matthew, you're going to take over for me now. Yes. So they're on the helicopter going into Midway City, and now we're going to go into Matthew style, which means I'm going to get through this stuff at full speed for a few reasons. One, that's my style, and two, while there is still a lot of the actual movie of Suicide Squad left, I'd say not a lot actually happens. So they're in the helicopter, Harley Quinn gets a message from the Joker, so that basically is is plot development because, you know, the Joker is coming after her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Colonel Flagg and Deadshot have a conversation where Colonel Flagg calls him a mercenary and says, when the bullets start flying, you're going to cut and run. Um, So basically, you know, saying you're nothing. So they're going in and the helicopter gets shot down. So they have to proceed by foot. So everybody's still alive. Great. At least everybody that matters. Mm -hmm. So they start going. So at this point, Captain Why Are You Here convinces Slipknot to try to run. He does. That's disturbing. You know, you know what's going for. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I love Slipknot. Okay, we're going to keep on rolling, baby. Close call. So <laughs> I almost knocked over all of our drinks. Yeah, that's okay. So I'm going to say, again, plot development. So Slipknot gets shot. So his entire purpose was to basically demonstrate the nanite bomb works. Because yeah. I guess the team thinks it's a hoax. Right, yeah. So, yeah, Captain Boomerang is basically like, this is all psychological, mate. Yeah. Yeah. This is also an Australian accent. Yeah. So he convinces him to like, he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to cut X. You take Y. And by the way, so Slipknot, I talked about it a little bit before, but he's the man who can climb anything. He's like, I can also climb anything if I had a fucking rocket powered grappling hook. The sure. guy just shoots up a, a building. He's like, I'm going up. And then he shoots up another one. It's like, that's not climbing up anything. That's just shooting a grappling hook. He's right. like, you're the best technician at grappling hooks. And then yes, his head is immediately exploded from the worst app in the world. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. he, like, he, Colonel Flagg <laughs> presses a button and it blows up his head. And Harley Quinn says a great line. Oh, that's killer a, app. That's a killer app. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, please. Yeah. So, 
Okay, so they're going. So basically, uh, at one point, they encou- they see a bunch of creatures, and they're asking, "Why do they look so funny?" And that's when you realize that uh, the you know, well, it's at least revealed the Enchantress's brother has been creating, turning the normal folks into into super soldiers. I know, I guess that comes later with the watch. But anyways, they are fighting all these weird creatures, and you know what's important about this scene is basically all the Suicide Squad are fighting. Everybody's fighting. They they fight back the creatures via Deadshot's heroics, and you know Deadshot kind of makes that that passing comment that's how I cut and run which was the line said in the helicopter yeah it's pretty great also I want to cut in really quickly sure there's one scene that I forgot to talk about the Enchantress renegades on the Suicide Squad leaves them after the attack on Midway City they immediately like brought in Colonel Flag and Dr. Moon who's going to become yes. the Enchantress the Enchantress switches doesn't drop the bomb that she was supposed to which would blow up her brother and then leaves to go join her brother at which point Wheeler starts stabbing her heart really in oh yeah session. brother save me yeah, and then she realizes her brother. Her brother basically uses his power to replace her heart. So now Waller doesn't have any control over the Enchantress. True. Enchantress now is now causing, rogue. Yeah, yeah. Enchantress is now rogue. Waller has now caused the problem that they have to solve. Sure. Absolutely. Sorry. I didn't mean to. I no. didn't realize. I'm like, oh, shoot. There's a part we forgot. That is important. Yeah. Yes. It's important, at least, for the bookkeeping. Yeah. You know, exactly. Plot-wise, they're making this machine. That's all that matters. Oh, so I guess the other thing. They go into Midway City to capture. Their mission is to capture uh, HVT-17, High Value Target 17. So they know they're going to basically a panic room to get somebody, but they mm-hmm. don't know who. So they fight through the soldiers, and and honestly, I'm just gonna they they fight through soldiers on the street. There's some more antics. They fight through soldiers in a building. Mm-hmm. More antics. There's more antics, and then basically they get to HVC 17. And I'm not kidding when I said that was probably 40 minutes, and it was yeah. kind of an uninteresting 40 minutes. It was yeah, it was very action heavy. There's a few like things that happen, like Colonel Flag gets captured twice. Yeah, and I had to go save him twice. Yeah. And then also they finally have, like, through the whole fighting and everything that's been going on, the Diablo character has not used his power because he's, like, now basically like a monk. He's like, no, I can't use my powers. Like, you don't know, man. Like, it's so bad. And with the minor, smallest amount of bullying. Uh, he, it, it is it is seventh grade bullying. Yeah. It's the actual thing. It's like, I'm touching you. I'm touching you. By Deadshot. So, yeah, right. Deadshot's like, I'm touching you. I'm touching you. And he's like, you want to see something? And then yeah. he lights all the guys on fire. This is in the tower. So they get to HVC 17. Yeah, right. Enough. Yeah, yeah, so Flag goes in, and then you find out that it is Waller. Yep. So she was the high-value target. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, plot twist. One thing that I was actually curious about, as she walks out, she shoots all the FBI guys. Yeah. It, like, so was she saying they're bad, or was she, like, no, they're... No, she says... She said, she's cleaning up loose ends? Yeah, because she says to Colonel Flag. So at this point, also, Deadshot goes in the room. Yeah, yeah, he just walks in. Yeah, just yeah. walks in, even though he didn't see the code. Yeah. So whatever, they're talking, and Deadshot's like, what the fuck, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like what's going what's going to happen and you know Waller's being a stone cold bitch yes and uh, I use that in an endearing way because I love her character sure and then as they're walking out she's like wipe all the drives and they're all doing everything and finally she's like black 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 and kills all of them Colonel Flag's looking at her and she goes they didn't have secret clearance or proper clearance or oh. you know how that is like it's not and Flag's like I'm not judging yeah you know like I, I I've had to clean up loose ends before too something along those lines yeah like, real that they're not actually as good neither of them are as good a characters as they're made out to be originally. Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. And then, though, when Deadshot leaves the room, he, like, looks at Wally and goes, that was gangsta. It was was pretty gangsta. It was very gangsta. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, they take HVT-17, aka Waller, up to the roof, and a helicopter comes to uh, pick up Waller and uh, basically get her out of the city, and she says, I'll send another helicopter, and there's a 23 on the side of the helicopter. There's one thing that happens first, though. The Joker comes first. Uh... 
you're right. Okay, yeah. yep. Okay, I reversed the helicopter order. I thought he came second. Yeah. The Joker comes first. He basically uh, shoots everybody that isn't the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Harley Quinn jumps, grabs onto the uh, rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fly away. So the Joker has got Harley Quinn. She's doing her aerial stripper silk on the rope, which is great. I, yeah, you're right. Because Waller says, you know, dead shot. You're a hitman. I just took a, I made a contract. Shoot Harley Quinn and you're free to go. Yeah. So, because I remember uh, she says, shoot her. And he says, she didn't do nothing to me. And she goes, I pull a contract. You're free to go. And he goes, she's dead. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. Dead. So he takes aim. He fires. Uh, she feigns death, but she's not dead. When really she could have just keep feigning death. And then dead shot's free to go and nobody knows better. Yeah. But, but anyway, so she's with the Joker. Uh, that, that helicopter gets shot down. Immediately. Immediately. So uh, the Joker says, it's you and me, babe. She, uh, does he push her out of the helicopter? She he, falls out. There was, yeah, there was another like rock. Of yeah. The helicopter. Okay. She yeah. falls she out. Falls out on a roof. Yeah, and the Joker's like, oh, shit. Yeah, rolls, and so Joker in that helicopter goes down. Harley Quinn's on the roof. He dies off off screen. Well, helicopter goes down. Helicopter goes down. Uh, Harley Quinn's on the roof. Okay, so that's that. You're correct. So now a helicopter comes for Waller. It's got a 23 on the side. Is that a Michael Jordan Chicago Midway City Bulls thing? That 23 is so apparent that it was the e-reader. Wow, that's weird. I never, I did not even notice that number 23. I could not, because it was so in your face. I don't Uh, know. I I mean, I saw the number, but I was like, that helicopter's number is 23, I guess. Yeah, okay. So that's not a unfair, like, thing to be like, oh, are they making a reference to the Bulls? I could easily see them making a reference to Michael Jordan. Yeah, if they... I just didn't notice it myself. Oh, okay. Well, I noticed a lot. So, okay. So, that helicopter takes off. That helicopter gets shot down. Everybody gets shot down. Yeah. So, uh, d- despite the deploying flares, uh, as soon as it takes off, like, basically straight down. Yeah. Yeah, it just, like, <laughs> drops straight down yeah. and, like, rides along the city, even though, yeah, which is quite weird. That's, uh, it's bold. <laughs> I guess, I, I imagine that there might be, and I don't know, there might be a tactic for, like, evading fire. Oh, no, I totally understand that, yeah. but, like, you can't do that. Like, that's just, it's too big of a, too big of a drop. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, okay. Right. I was like, I wonder if there's like an urban, like, oh, if you're trying to escape an urban setting as a helicopter, fly closer to the street sort of thing instead of flying up in the air. I where guess. like I, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. her helicopter gets shot down and, and she's still alive and... He's immediately captured by the... By the soldiers. The black-faced soldiers. And when I say black-faced, I mean like they are, they don't have actual human faces anymore. Yeah, yeah. They just look like, you know, black silhouettes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know the actual order, but she gets taken to the Enchantress, mm-hmm. uh, basically says, do your work. You know, the Enchantress is wanting information about yeah, about, like, about about your country's secrets. Yeah, because because so, the Enchantress wants to destroy the world. Yeah, her her big thing is that she's making she's casting a very complicated spell that will first destroy all the armies in the world, mm-hmm. and after that, then she'll be free to rule over humanity. Essentially, yeah, they are sick of human humanity's bullshit. Well, yeah, because they used to be worshipped as gods. Too. Yeah, and so, then they're like, now they only worship machines, and I will make the make a machine that will destroy them. Yep. Essentially, it's like okay, she should have made a giant cake, mm-hmm. especially for America. So, so basically a tentacle goes into Waller's neck and I believe that's it. Yeah, I okay. think so. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, so after that, they go, the Suicide Squad does not get a helicopter, I don't believe. They go back down. Yes, yeah, so they're supposed to get another helicopter. And they and, don't. Yeah, and then they're like, oh no, Waller's down. Like, we yeah. need to go get her. Yeah, so, yeah, so they gotta go get, they gotta go to HVT 17 again. Yeah. So they go down, Waller's gone, but Deadshot sees the top secret book. Yep. Uh, he reads the book and he reads that book very quickly. That was a, that's a thick, notebook. Yeah, it 
a lot of information in it. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, like, he looks through it and he throws it past Flag and hits a car and he says, tell them. So Flag basically reveals the whole point of the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, which is, yeah, exactly. It's like, that's a part that I was not, I didn't understand, but, like, all of the Navy SEALs are, like, completely butthurt this entire time about, like, the, why they're there. They're like, you said they were terrorists. And it was like, just because they're non-human terrorists doesn't mean that they aren't still terrorists. Yeah. They were like, you said they were terrorists, but these are monsters. And I was yeah. like, like, why is that different? Yeah. Why at all is that different? It, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, I know. It was like, the Suicide Squad is like Rambo, like, let's fight these guys. And the the Navy SEALs are like, you didn't say that they were going to be evil monsters. Yeah. <laughs> oh my like, god. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. And right. is, is, is this the point where Flag reveals that he helped the Enchantress? Uh, it's a little bit later, but okay, it's well, in the bar scene. Like, yeah, right. Oh, okay, you're right. Okay, so Deadshot says, do what you want to be, blow my head off with the killer app. I'm getting a drink. Yeah. So he goes to get a drink, which is the first scene in the movie that I find believable, because I'd probably do the same. Probably. Everybody else goes to get a drink, and this is basically character development. You see, humanize the Suicide Squad. Right. So we're, just, we're evil. Like, we should own how evil we are, that sort of thing. Yeah, and then the, you find out that El Diablo killed his wife and kid by, like, getting mad. Yeah. And basically losing control. So, you know, you find out about that, and basically it humanizes some of the Suicide Squad, and I believe that, the, okay, here, so this is where Flag says that he helped the Enchantress. Yeah, and he's like, did you read the part where I was sleeping with her? And yeah, Deadshot. Deadshot is like, yeah. He's like, how did he read that so quickly? Whatever. Maybe um, it's, uh, so Deadshot can, you know, he's great with guns, so he has to have good eyes, I guess, so maybe that comes with, like, speed reading. I guess so. Sweet. Yeah, anyway, there's, like, another scene part as part of that, where they're kind of, like, talking about, like, Deadshot, you're a killer and you're a thief, blah, 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 and then I was like, we're ugly on the, we may be beautiful on the outside, but we're ugly on the inside. Except for the croc, he's ugly on the outside too, and this is when I 100% fell in love with Killer Croc. He looks at me and goes, nah, me, shorty. I'm beautiful. Yep. I was like, I love him! Yeah. I he, love him so much. Yeah, it's so funny because to me, he was a complete non-element, but you're obviously a fan because he was in this movie for like 10 minutes, and I think you've described all 10 minutes that he's yeah, been in the movie. exactly. Yeah. He made a huge impact by, and not done a lot, actually. Okay. He was a very misused character, in my opinion. Got we'll it. Talk about it later yeah, later. we'll talk about it later. Yeah, so we're trying to get through this because we actually have a lot to talk about that isn't the plot. Yeah. So, they go and they go to the giant floating pile of trash, and basically they develop this plan where uh, Croc is going to go with some Navy SEALs, plant a bomb under where the Enchantress is, mm-hmm. they all go in, and again, this is just, this is all mechanical at this point, right? right? So they go in, they fight their way through there, uh, El Diablo, so Killer Croc and the SEAL plant the bomb, right. uh, El Diablo releases his power turns into some doom-esque fire demon right so they they come to fight the enchantress and she shows them like all their heart's desires essentially oh okay you can go through that really quickly where they have like Deadshot he killed Batman so now he's free Harley Quinn has the perfect life with Joker like a normal life normal human life which I don't that doesn't make any sense for character but whatever and then Diablo didn't actually kill his wife and his wife says like the weirdest thing in the world where like the baby the kids are asleep and she goes I'll go take the kids to bed and then she like looks and is like you want to kick it yeah I was like, Netflix and chill? Yeah. I was like, ah, yeah, girl, you know The Dark Knight was just released like, on Netflix. You're married to him. You've been married for four years. You would never, like, I would, like, as a wife, would be like, you want to kick it? Like, yeah. Like, it's your first date or something. Dude, I actually kind of like that. But, like, I you know, it. kick it. Just, yeah, let's Netflix and chill. I, I guess. Care. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway, so he breaks out. He's like, I can't escape from my past. I, I can't undo the thing I did. Neither can you. And so they're, like, then a fight scene. Yeah, then, okay, then he turns into fire demon and starts fighting. Turns into... Well, he's... Okay, he's a regular mean, dude who... He's, he does his fire thing. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to be like an Aztec god. 
that he turns into. Oh. I Because th- he has, like, a headdress on that's, like, reminiscent of either, like, Mayan or I Aztec. thought it was horns. I, I, I saw many pieces coming off. It looked kind of like dreadlocks in a way. I thought it was horns. Okay. Well, the I, third party has no judgment. Well, so whenever he talked about it, was like, I've got the devil saying, he did, like, this thing where he, like, had an image in fire. It That had horns. But what he turned into, I feel like, is a Aztec god character. But I do have a question, like... Why he realized that the whole things are are fake? I call everybody. Oh, just get up. Oh, because his and why? Why the director chooses the one that first one? Good. Now that one I can't say. That's a good question. I would say it makes sense for his character to break out first because his guilt is so bad. Mm -hmm. Like he's so guilty that he doesn't want to fight non-human entities. And so he's so, like, in his own head about what he's done that he cannot be convinced that he didn't do it. And so the Enchantress is trying to say, like, I can wipe your, your mind clean and bring her back. And the, and he's like, that's not reality. I'm so guilty that I know that that happened and it will always have happened. Well, it, it shows that he's sane, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that's, he goes, you know, through the, ex, the, the, the model and he has accepted what he's done. He's taken responsibility, which is the sanest thing you can do. Honestly, yeah, he's probably the best character like actual character in a way like human being oh of course yeah absolutely okay so then he turns into uh the cyber demon from doom yeah and and basically (laughs) killer croc i guess okay this just shows how nobody matters but there's some navy seal that sacrifices himself and i don't care because i don't know who he is i don't even remember that scene that happened i I think it's scott eastman it might have been i don't know (laughs) so he blows up and it blows up the brother cool okay so now minor boss down you got to fight the major boss so they oh s- i do remember that yeah they, yeah this navy seal sacrifice and stuff like yeah because they were going to use the bomb yeah. from before yeah but from many scenes before and they use a, it's a demolition bomb yes yeah that's right and it blows up the brother and he's dead yeah and then they fight the enchantress and they uh it, it kind of comes to a standstill but the enchantress says you know of all who have fought me you have proven yourself worthy you know join me right well, yeah so there's one part i want to talk about really quickly so they do this like elaborate fight scene where she turns when she got her power from her brother she turned into like what I guess is her true self and then she like turned back into her old self. Yeah, so the, dirty had, girl. Yeah, the dirty girl. The dirty girl. girl. <laughs> so she turns out and she's fighting them and then like they, they fight, 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 fight and then it goes back to basically square one and they're back at her standing on the pedestal and everyone squaring up against her again and she goes, enough! And she like takes all their weapons away. Which is just so weird because my, well okay, one, I know nobody can see this but I have to do her dance. Well, I, I, we'll talk about that. I actually didn't mind that. I, lo- I just, I can't, the dance is just like, I'm like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Stop so doing I'll, that. I actually have a reason why. Okay, okay, okay. That. But okay, yeah, she takes all their guns and says, you know, of all who fought me, you are worthy, join me. Uh, Harley Quinn does another, you know, monologuing kind of deal where she's like, hey, like, I'm not, listen, lady, I'm not much of a joiner, but you kind of have a point. This world's never really cared about us. And so she goes in, and we have completely not talked about Katana for a reason. Yeah. Completely inconsequential. The only thing that matters is that Katana dropped her Katana, which yeah. I guess is magical, fine. Mm-hmm. And, and so Harley Quinn is kneeling, and uh, and she says, but I got one problem. You messed with my friends. So she grabs Katana's katana, cute, mm-hmm. and uh, slashes Chantress across the chest, uh, grabs her heart, pulls it out. Yeah. And then... That must be the, she must be both the strongest person on the planet and also that must be the best katana on the planet to cut through a rib cage. That is the mythical one, right? I guess yeah. so, yeah. Cap- 
Capture Souls, which I don't know, maybe that'll come into play later. Okay, so, so this is the part where, okay, now, so they have her heart, and so they take another bomb, and Killer Croc throws, or somebody says now's the time you can close the portal. Mm-hmm. The trash ring. Or, yeah, the trash ring, which is a machine, I guess. It's yeah. It's a machine spell. It's a machine to collect trash and float it around Chicago. Oh, Which yeah. is totally not necessary, because Chicago's already full of trash. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> but also during the fight scene, there's a, the machine had basically been completed, and she was using, they have a scene where they show her using Amanda Waller to target Oh, yeah, the na- yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I'm sorry, the tentacle that was in Amanda Waller was used to get information and mm-hmm. the machine was complete and she was blowing yeah, up bas- subs. Yeah, basically stuff. a giant lightning bolt was like just crossing through the sky and yeah. just like blast, oh, blast away everything. I was like, that was super cool. So she's basically systematically destroying the armies of the world. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. So- during the entire fighting sequence, she, the reason why she fights with them first is because she's like, I don't need to care about the spell anymore. It's already done. Yeah, right. So now they need to destroy the machine. The machine, the, which, is, which is doing damage. Yeah. Fair enough. And I'll talk about part of why I glossed over all this later. That's Okay, they throw a bomb. Killer Croc, your favorite, throws a bomb. Yeah. Do you want to describe that scene? Because you've described every other Killer Croc scene. So there's <laughs> one more scene with the Killer Croc that we, we didn't talk about. When he was going under the subway or going back before the fight, he talks to the Navy SEALs oh, and they're like, God. we don't need you here. Why not? You open this door oh. and I'm walking through it. Yeah. So he then like looks and goes, I live underground. You're just tourists. And then yeah. immediately like swims away and like, I'm this guy. He doesn't really do anything underwater, but who cares? And it's, then it's while the they're fighting the Enchantress, he grabs her by the angles and slams her against the wall and he's the only one who actually scores a solid hit against her. Fair enough. And he's like and just like she was basically nothing. He was just like it was like she was a steel chair and she was beating someone or he was beating someone with a steel chair except the steel chair is a person and the thing that she's that he's beating with the steel chair is a wall. Solid steel. Solid steel. That's a shout out three to one. Yep. Okay so so Killer Croc throws a bomb a dead shot you know oh well yeah and then Enchantress says like daddy don't do it Daddy, don't do it. Deadshot gets past it. Mm-hmm. He takes Harley Quinn's revolver. Right. Well, since you brought that up, since you actually said that, what happened was that she's like, if you want us to be together, it's his daughter, essentially. Because yes. yeah. I was like, if you want us to be together, don't pull the trigger. And he's like resting the gun on what would be his daughter's head, except it's an illusion because she's the Enchantress. Well, it's the same, yeah, which is, uh, of course, a callback to the daughter standing in front of Batman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. He pulls the trigger. He pulls the trigger, so it would quote unquote kill his fake daughter, but it's not his daughter. And uh, so he hits the bomb, machine blows up. They win, right? Yeah. The Suicide Game Squad over. wins. Yeah. Amanda Waller wakes up. They're like, you should be dead. And she's yeah, not. She's not. Because cool. she's cool. Yeah, she's hard. And basically, kind of the resolution is like, so we're free. And she's like, 10 years off her sentence. Yeah, and it's like, 10 years off a three life, yeah. three lifetime sentence. Great. Yeah, which is uh, Captain Wisey here. Yeah. So, and I, he gets nothing. Everyone yeah, yeah, because well, he's a dick and he deserves yeah. it. Everyone else makes a subtle demand where, yeah. before going back to prison, yes. Deadshot gets to see his daughter and kind she, of teaches her. She teaches her trig yeah, with Ruth. Okay. With bullets, get it, yeah, got yeah. it. I think, got it. You get it, well, got it. Well, it's also like her daughter kind of accepting who her dad is in a way because she like starts to talk to him. About well, her. no, because she said that before. Because she's like, "Daddy, I know." Like when the scene where it shows that they captured Deadshot, she's like, "I know you do bad things, but you're not bad." So she's yeah. already accepted it. So that that's just a yeah. Cute thing. Uh, and then uh, Harley Quinn gets an espresso machine. Mm-hmm. Killer Croc gets. I'll let you take this. Killer Croc gets BET. BET. Yes, I want BET. <laughs> and then he also had like liquor. So oh. yeah, because oh, like, on his on one of the shelves in his in his cell, it had like various kinds of liquor. Oh, and I think one of them was like Hennessy and something oh. like that. Yeah, so they mm-hmm. gave him like some just some nice stuff. Fair enough. Okay. He actually got the best out of it because yeah. he wants to be in that cell. Essentially, he doesn't. He asked to be in that cell. That's yeah. his home. Yeah. And now he gets BET and also. 
So booze, dude, killing. no doubt. Yeah, Killer Croc's killing it. Yeah, and I the at that scene basically they're just wrapping everything up. Yeah, um, Captain YZ here doesn't get anything. Yeah, he's just like yelling. He's in solitary. He's and in, the yeah. lady closes the the, uh, the prohibition the, door on him. Prohibition door. Yeah. yeah, and then Deadshot is like punching back in the cell. He's like punching the same punching bag, and then he stops and he gives it a hug. Yeah, so Cool. Such a nice character. Yeah. And that's it, right? Well, and then the Joker breaks. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Joker breaks in. Har- Harley's drinking her espresso. Joker breaks in, captures her again, because he's got to set up the new movie. Yeah. So the Joker lived. Yeah, well, and that was like, it. Boom. Yeah. yeah. And, and that- Suicide Squad, the aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's it. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for our first impressions, and we're going to start with our silent member, Shan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I was silent as well because I, I guess I'm waiting for this perfume to say something. Yeah. Drop the knowledge on us. Yeah, hit it. So you mean my first impression? I yeah, know? so when you saw the movie the first time, what did you think? Yeah, I was watching the movie in Cinnabar, Cinnabar screen. But the movie that, at that time, I argued with Matthew, I think it's a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Matthew, like, somehow he thinks it's a great movie and he kind of enjoy it. I can see the point, like, there's some characters that are still worth watching, like the Deathshot and Harley Quinn. I think they are very good characters. But besides that, I think the plot not good. The action scenes, not good. What did you not like about the plot? The plot is like, you know, it's kind of like when you're cooking, and then you mix all the elements inside, and then it's a blending, but you can't see what each element is, is doing, and then their introductions are very, like, simple, and not really showing what they're doing in the past, so... Okay. Yeah. But, you know, there are some similar movies, like Captain America, The Avengers, they also, there are many characters one movie but you can see they're very distinguished mm-hmm. from each other and so I think these movies are the job not in squad sure yeah, yeah. and that's about the plots mm-hmm. and about the characters I think they're supposed to be badass mm-hmm. but I don't think you can see they're very very like bad people crazy and like for Deathshot they giving him a family since the interaction with his daughter and the, the teamwork thing the how he saved Halle Mm-hmm. I think these two two scenes actually very cut the bad ass of him. Okay. He's supposed to be a very cool guy. Sure. I don't care about this. And then I, I my my goal is to shot uh, Batman. I mm-hmm. want him that. But the, the doctor thing, the Harley Quinn thing, I actually like cut a bit about. But I can see why the it's a humanizer. Yeah, it's a humanizer. But I just feel like it's very rigid plot to act, to put it into his character. Sure. Um, yeah. 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 So Holly Quinn, I think, is a very good character that the director puts her into a very good position because I think Margaret uh, do a very good job for showing how, let's say, like, she has so many different faces of her characters. Sure. And um, I think it's the very good, my favorite in the movie. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. And But there's one thing I don't understand is about her story with the Joker because I see that the reason that she's been becoming crazy is because she falls off in, in the chemical stuff and then... I don't think that's why she was crazy. Part of the reason, mm-hmm. part because of that was the reason for Joker become, like, green hair 
color and then white skin. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why after that point she had white skin as well. White sure. skin as well. Yeah. Which and is a throwback to also Batman. Also that she got electricity by the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that's basically like shock therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. can do, make you crazy. Yeah, and then there are some plots that is, is in the movie showing the love story between her and the Joker. And then she was remembering that plot, mm-hmm. right? So it's supposed to be romantic. But one thing I don't understand, like when she was uh, out from that memory, that that shot get, got closer to her, but she's, she's, her reaction was like point, pointing a gun to that shot. It seems like a very bad memory. So I don't get it. Is the memory is good or not for her? Subtle abuse. Subtle abuse. Yeah. Subtle abuse. I think they're trying to establish that, <laughs> like, while it's like, and that's a good point that you're making, where it's like she and the Joker have historically had like a very abusive relationship, and so mm. she is like she thinks that she's in love with the Joker, and he kind of like forced her to think that sort of thing. Like, well, he he, he, dominating, he manipulated her. Yeah, right? yeah he's I mean, dominating that's the thing. Even even Waller says, you know, it's like she she was a psychiatrist at you know Arkham, and she thought she was curing him, but really he was manipulating her into falling in love. Yeah, and that's why he's like, you know, yeah. he's like, I need a machine, mm-hmm. right? And so. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that's a good point. Okay, so um, so I heard Joker scene had been cut a lot. So, but I still think Joker has. Uh, you can see that he added some new elements in the movie and uh, is kind uh, of making uh, the movie uh, uh, better uh, uh, for my scene. Uh, uh. And so the last scene when he was escaping is helping Harley Quinn to escape from prison. Yep. Actually, I think that's kind of interesting. That make curious like what's going on after how he buy from the helicopter bomb. So um, I think this is interesting. Another point is I saw the trailer before the movie and I feel oh it's an interesting movie and mm-hmm. I should watch it. I think it's very it could be funny because I heard that Harley Quinn broke the window and got the purse from the Oh yeah, yeah yeah we are bad we're, we're yeah. bad guys yeah, mister it's, it's what we do. Yes mm-hmm. I think that's funny but when I saw the movie that scene in the in in the theater, I feel like oh um it's supposed to be laughing. Everyone is laughing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's so different. They they call that kind of scene it's tacked on, and that scene definitely felt tacked on. Like the, we're like, bad guys. Yeah, we're bad guys. Well, I'd say yeah. it's, it's it's comic relief. It is comic relief, which is, but, I, but which, I agree that it was not done in a way that's yeah, very not done in a good way. I think mm-hmm. because the before that scene, the after scene, they don't did it do a good editing so fair enough so it's very awkward fair enough great point yeah fair enough yeah Yeah. exactly so that's my first impression of the movie awesome Matthew? Okay, so my first impression. So as she mentioned, we watched at the Cinnabar. So I was drinking some beers. Excellent. I had a great time. <laughs> now, I will say that there was some... I really enjoyed the movie mm-hmm. the first time. There were... Some people did make some good points, which is, you know, due to cowardice of our friends and not wanting to see the movie when it first came out, we waited a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped me because I was super excited for this movie because I love Batman. And basically, you know, everybody was kind of really pissed off. Spoiler alert, you know, the Joker is only in like 15 minutes max. Yeah. And, and, you know, 
Jared Leto was a big point of, you know, interest about this movie. He advertised a lot for this movie and it kind of like Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight. And so a lot of people, when they first saw it, were really upset that he wasn't really in it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he does play a role, but he's not really in it. And so that's why I said the the best joke that Jared Leto played was that, you know, he did all this hype, but wasn't really in it. And I think that if I would have seen it earlier, I would have been more pissed off because I had expectations. But then everybody came out, the critics lambasted the movie, but the audience liked it. And so my my expectations were lower than Dinosaur Bones. And so when I watched it, I had a great time. Okay. I was drinking some beers. I, I had a great time. It was very mechanical. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it was an objectively good movie. Right. It wasn't complicated. You pretty much knew everything that was going to happen. Anything that I think the writer, I guess David Iris, thought was clever was ham-fisted. You could see it coming from a mile away. But it was an enjoyable movie. Okay. And, and, and you know, I there were a few things things you know captain why is he here it's like okay he's clearly supposed to be here as comic relief mm-hmm. but he's not yeah god he's got a fetish for pink unicorns yeah i know i get it one that's not really that funny they made that joke twice yeah and it's not funny either time but it's so so that it doesn't matter and the reason you know when i glossed over my entire second part of this you know movie is because again that's kind of my style but two a lot of this stuff doesn't matter it yeah. really doesn't these things are just it moves along fine to be entertainment mm-hmm. you know whereas other movies we've talked about a lot of this stuff matters and nothing in this movie really matters but it was still very enjoyable okay. the first time that's right so you might describe it as like pop music right where it's, oh it's popcorn flick yeah it's or not, beer flick absolutely yeah, yeah. it's not good but it's yeah. enjoyable at least yes. for your first time you thought it was enjoyable yes yeah. so for my first impression I'm gonna steal a note out of Matthew's playbook go do it <sighs> <sighs> uh. <laughs> so my when I first saw it I also I had one beer because I went to this place that they sold drinks but you had to go up to the concession stand to get it and then they had to give you like a wristband and you only got like three drinks it was really weird oh. anyway so I just had like one drink and whose fault was that well theirs because they didn't have some guy coming and they didn't bring me more drinks otherwise I would have had more point accepted yeah anyway so I watched it and I found that it was very hard to describe how I felt about the movie I'll basically summarize it like this the music choices all suck I couldn't stand they were awful some of them were good like the House of the Rising Sun that's a great song and a great opening song if they had played that all the way through that scene Mm -hmm. and just kept that one song that would have been fine because it's a long enough song they could have done it instead they did this stupid thing where like each character gets their own intro song it's like wrestling yeah exactly (laughs) but it's also going to be really schizophrenically done because it's just going to jump really quickly to somebody else and so immediately like you're like cool I'm I'm digging into the song I got the beat going it's perfect for the scenario because it's you know a louisiana prison somewhere in the middle of nowhere that was great and then suddenly cuts that other stupid song that introduced harley quinn and i was like oh that was like a break in my brain i just like couldn't get over it and then later on they had that song when the suicide squad was all getting together they used two trailer uh, park uh, girls go round the outside round the outside round the outside they come song Started anywhere else in that song. Started anywhere else in that song. It would have been fine. Back again. Shan is back. (laughs) Tell a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the music choice sucked. And I know, here's why they were doing it. You made the point earlier that you thought this was going to be like the Avengers. It's not the Avengers. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I I didn't say it's Avengers. I wanted to say it's Guardians of the Galaxy because this movie, (laughs) this movie brings up 
very many old songs that mm-hmm. were popular and they made it popular again. So I think it's a good point that they wanted one the the Suicide Squad could be another Guardians of Galaxy. Yeah, that was my impression. Is that that's what they were going for, where they had a group of misfits who yeah. were trying to like mm-hmm. solve a greater good, but they're also kind of on the fringe of good versus evil. Mm-hmm. One, these characters aren't. These characters are murderers and total like mm-hmm. the worst. And they didn't do any of the groundwork to establish why those songs are being played, or also they didn't pick good songs that would work in that scenario. Whereas like in Guardians of the Galaxy. The reason why the songs are being played is because of a plot device that actually makes perfect fucking sense. In this one, they're just like, here's a bunch of songs. You guys like songs, right? Haha, <laughs> you all know these songs. And they didn't do a, like, a good job scoring the film at all outside of that. So I don't even remember any of the music that played. Was there music that was playing that wasn't a popular song from the last 20 years? I don't remember. There could have been background music that was playing and I couldn't even tell you. My impression of the song is like, I heard like, wow, this song is, they sound familiar, but they're not actually match the 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 move of the movie and then I don't think it brought me into like oh when I hear this song I can remember some plots from the movie they did not absolutely agree well, I, I, I just sorry I interrupted that was weird that's okay go ahead I just want to say I didn't give a crap about the music and oh. it didn't bother me at all well so music is kind of a big thing for me in movies so like the one the choices of the songs I had and two the way that they cut them together oh god it was awful I just couldn't stand it the first time I saw it it's very interesting that that you bring up Guardians of the galaxy because mm-hmm. I, you're right and i didn't think about that in my mind i was like oh they're trying to do the justice league which i know dc is working for that's another discussion trying to catch up to marvel and mm-hmm. guardians of the galaxy with marvel uh, as everybody knows but i never finished guardians of the galaxy because i hated that movie so much oh really no it's so great because it, it it just reaffirms that we are siskel and ebert yeah and it could be that just like i'm just dc guy and used an avenger girl living in a small town world i guess so. and and it's just it's just so funny. I don't know. So it's yeah, so the music weird. didn't bug me at all. Oh, that's interesting because like I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I've seen it multiple times, which is actually quite rare for me to watch movies multiple times outside of this podcast. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, and so I really, really like Guardians of the Galaxy. I could see that this was trying to be the next Guardians of the Galaxy, but with these interesting other characters, they just fell apart. I yeah. felt and okay. It never quite got there. So yeah, my first impression, like I said, it didn't do a good job of establishing the characters. I felt like every time someone had their mouth open they were speaking I was bored out of my mind huh so the first like hour of the movie when they're like establishing all these people I'm just like this is boring and stupid except for that one scene where Deadshot shot the guy by ricocheting a bullet off of a metal plate that was kind of dope that was pretty dope yeah so but that was not he didn't have his mouth open he wasn't talking he shot some guy and it was really cool and by the way the whole thing with the mask and you know so there's a part of the movie where Deadshot's like every time I put on this mask people die Mm -hmm. and she's like when it doesn't fit you I guess she says that before and he's like no I like it yeah it's like I was like, every time we see him kill somebody, he puts it on after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to answer that by saying, who cares? Well, they're trying to launch Will Smith's career. I guess. <laughs> uh, I hope he does good stuff. Oh, man, I hope so. Um, I don't even have a joke to come off of that mm-hmm. one. So, yeah, every time someone had their mouth open, it was boring. Okay. Once the shooty, shooty, bang happened. Shooty, shooty, bang, bang. Yeah, I love it. I actually... I remember being like, oh, I'm having, I actually remember thinking like, oh, I'm actually having a lot of fun. Like, why, what, what changed? And I realized that everyone had shut the fuck up and everyone was just fighting using the superpowers. And I'm like, oh, that's what this movie should have been. Oh, they're fighting. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's fighting. fighting. And they should have been. They should have kept fighting. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Like, 
what I walked away from was that this movie needed some serious editing. And mm. Chan, you brought that up earlier, and that was a great point. I was like, I actually went on IMDb before we did this recording and looked up to see who the editor was. Sure. Because I want to, I don't ever want to see any movie that he's edited ever again. And what is he edited? I, I actually forgot to look that up because I, I was hoping that it was the director slash screenwriter who was also the editor. Because oh. only he would leave in so much trash. <laughs> sure. Part of this. And then I looked up the, uh, I'll say this actually. I'll say that part for our second impression. I walked away thinking that this movie could have been actually really fun. Not good. There was there was no hope that this movie was ever going to be a good... There I don't was, agree. Okay, well that's great, but this is my impression. Fair enough. <laughs> I felt like there was there was no hope this could ever be a good movie, but I think it could have been a really fun and enjoyable movie. And that's the, the difference, right? Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, didn't, I don't think it was ever going to come up to the quality of Guardians of the Galaxy, but I could see what they were going for. There was potential. Yeah, there was, I could see yeah, what they are going for, and I wanted to see that movie. Right. Yeah. So that was what I was And maybe that's what I missed out on by not seeing in the first two weeks. I probably had those expectations and they were dashed quite expertly. Yeah. And then I just had a great freaking time. Yeah. I will say this though. When I, uh, after my first screening, I didn't understand why everyone didn't like Jared Leto's The Joker. I loved his. I, I think that that Joker was fantastic. Yeah. I really liked his impression or not impression, but his take take on on the Joker. Yeah. And I, I watched a video that kind of talked about which version of the Joker this is because each of the three Jokers we've had previously Jack Nicholson yes. Heath Ledger and also the Romero Caesar Caesar Romero Caesar Romero Joker from the from TV the show yeah. were all versions of Joker from different periods of history yeah, absolutely the era the silver era and the yeah. modern era and modern era being Heath Ledger and then work backwards this Joker was according to this or video that I watched that was like a it's a called film theory mm-hmm. and they talked about how which one it is it they postulated that it was the Jack Nicholson the mobster gangster version that makes of- sense that of that character and I agree with it I absolutely agree with it it's a return to Jack Nicholson from the original Batman 1989 late 80s Batman yeah and I agree with that and I thought it was great I really liked it I, I like that Joker I people mean, shit on it all a lot and I was just like why it, he was great there was one scene that I hated one not even one scene one second of his character that I hated and that was the ah 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 I actually like that scene. And I just, I want to jump on the bandwagon here. And, okay. and because I agree, I judge this Joker. I try to judge each movie on its own. And, and I loved this Joker. Yeah. I thought it was great. I think that the fact that he was only in this movie for 15 minutes probably helped. I agree. Um, and you know, this Joker that, that there is a scene we didn't talk about because it didn't really matter during the synopsis, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about it. It's the strip club scene where Harley Quinn is, uh, you know, at a strip club and a, a guy comes up and says, Hey, Mr. J, thanks for making all the money, whatever. Anyways, it goes to Harley Quinn, Joker calling Harley Quinn over and saying like you know give this guy a dance or whatever whatever right mm-hmm. and like that legitimately terrified me because this joker is so crazy you don't know what you're supposed to do yeah because you accept the dance and he gets pissed off and murders you for touching his girl or you reject the dance and he gets pissed off at you and murders you for disrespecting his girl mm-hmm. and there is legitimate fear there i was yeah. nervous watching that because i didn't know what the quote-unquote answer was and yeah. that's terrifying and that guy was like such a serious badass the yeah the person that he's talking to who was like he ultimately rejects the dance and that he that, gets murdered yeah he gets and that was his downfall and that Wait, shows off how crazy the joke he was. did have a, a piercing in his nose which made him like bull <laughs> you like bull yeah <laughs> Right, okay. Crazy bull. So that was my first impression. Like I said, I walked away mm-hmm. unimpressed. 
pretty much bored out of my mind, except for when the action started. Then okay. I really liked it, but regrettably, it ended with people with their mouths open talking, and that made it boring. <laughs> Fair enough. So okay. okay, so now we're going to go on to our second impression. Take it away. I watched that the second time. I think I it's better than the first time, mm-hmm. I, because I tried to find something enjoyable mm-hmm. for me. Sure. And I agree with you, too. Joker is really good character in the movie. Shout out P.F. Chang. Yes. Um, there is one scene that when I was watching the movie that I asked Matt why the Joker was surrounded by the knives and then some baby's clothes mm-hmm. and then I, I just don't you know. You noticed that too. I noticed that the second time too that there's baby's clothes there. I noticed yeah. it the first time. Like, That's weird. <laughs> is it like indicating that he wants to have a baby or he is um, remembering that the, the past history with his ex-girlfriend that the story of ex-girlfriend or he just collecting victims clothes this baby's clothes or something because I don't know so I think it's interesting seeing that probably does the screenwriter want to express something about him you're right because that's obviously purposeful because you have mm-hmm. to write it somebody has to from the costume department has to get it I personally think it was a perversion on, you know, if you imagine Harley and the Joker being the king and queen of crime, it's a perversion on that relationship. Yeah, so, so I, can see I that. Yeah. But that's a good point. I, I didn't catch it the first time, and I also wondered about that as well. I'm like, I, I saw it and was like, are those babies' clothes? Why yeah, are those there? Are, yeah. Yeah. yeah, why they are there. And then I also noticed there is another costume of Harley Quinn in, like, another uh, black and red. Yes, that's her original there. costume. Yeah, that's what she was in the animated series. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might be wondering why they did that, and that was a callback to her original costume. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I liked it because it was like, oh, yeah, that's fami- That's something familiar for me because like, I, gro- I grew up watching the animated series, yeah. and yeah. No, it is very interesting because, you know, you know, Batman, we both grew up watching the animated series. I loved it. It still stands up great. And there are times where basically there will be a source material, and they'll give a throwback, and if you know what it is, it's cool, and if you don't, you might not. So, for instance, yeah. in, in Game of Thrones, there's like something where like, oh, yeah, like there's trees or whatever like they are in the books and I was like oh I didn't know Yeah, but it was a it was a clear throwback to the fans uh-huh. so that was the part where it's like you know crazy costumes whatever whatever and like we picked you know Nicholas and I picked up on it but you didn't but as long as so here's the and here's the key if you're making a movie as long as it's not distracting you can do it Yeah, because it helps people out or it's just a part of a movie Yeah, but if you do it and you ham fist it in and it's distracting now it's negative yeah and I, I feel like they did a good job of that because like it's a throwback but it also kind of shows that they're crazy Easy too, but they're also in love. I thought it was great. Yeah, because yeah. the song that's playing during the time, that's the only time that I actually remember being influenced at all emotionally by the soundtrack. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to step on your first impression. But the Second. song that was playing was a perversion of like a circus march oh. and it was like a weird scene that's very unsettling and oh. there's like a weird soundtrack kind of thing and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like showing how they're crazy but it's mm-hmm. also throwback like the fans totes yeah and I I have another point about the music because I the second time I watch it I feel like the music is really distracting hmm. yeah so hmm. Like after that uh, I, uh, after seeing the movie I, I feel like oh, okay my mind is exploding with that this song, like, it plays all the time, mm-hmm. the first song. Yeah, so it's kind of distracting. Yeah, huh. I actually agree. I found mm-hmm. the music to be very distracting. Yeah, there's not a thing about, oh, the second the second swing. Stay in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I, I think that 
action scenes are so bad. Like, like even worse than the first time I I saw it. Because first time it's like, okay, they're fighting, and then everyone's I'm, fighting. Yeah, everyone's fighting, <laughs> and and there's no teamwork in them. Actually, they're yeah, they they are showing like, oh, we we like each other and then we help each other, but when they fight, they do nothing to their teammates. Wait, okay, this actually makes a good point. Throughout the movie, do they fight more individually at the beginning and then more as a team as they progress? The only time I feel like they ever fought somewhat as a team was at the end when they were fighting the Enchantress. Enchantress. But they were really kind of just doing like she was moving in between them so they had like their own like now I'm fighting her now I'm fighting her. So I agree. They actually never really did anything. What if that was a style decision? I mean it it makes Mm -hmm. sense because they didn't have the time to establish themselves as a team. Maybe They never worked together Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not really a team. Maybe that's what that was establishing. Boy, that shirt is giving a lot of credence to this movie that I don't know if it deserves. Fair enough. I'm just throwing it out there. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. I think there is one one moment that there is teamwork is is when Deadshot and Holly Queen they think I remember very vaguely it's like Deadshot is throwing the gun to Harley Quinn and like that. Reverse that, reverse, reverse that. that. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn is throwing her oh, revolver to Deadshot. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the only teamwork that I've seen in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. has to trust Deadshot to make the shot and he's like the best at shooting, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that takes a whole lot of trust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if she threw it to Killer Croc. <laughs> He just immediately shoots himself in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, eats it. Yeah. Thanks, hon. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, and, so the action scenes are so bad, like, it showed the, the boss, the witches and wizard, they are so weak, they just, like, using a bomb, destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn was so easy to get the heart from the witch. Yeah, that's yeah, just show them so weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Fair yeah, enough. Totally. It's like they shows them as so powerful. They're basically near omnipotent gods. Yeah, but they're yeah, taken they're up by. They're supposed to be. Yeah, by shenanigans essentially. Basically, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so second screen. So I'm going to talk about. I'm going to take some take care of some bookkeeping. So I love action movies, and the action scenes in this movie were terrible. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree. Which is interesting that that was the only parts you enjoyed it because, like, to me, the action scenes were mechanics, and and they yeah, were yeah. they were bad. I was completely disinterested during the action scenes. So my second screening, I did not have any beer, and this is a long movie. God yeah, damn, this is it? a long movie. And this I movie is two hours and ten minutes long. This is the longest movie we've ever uh, watched, watched for the podcast. Sure, and and man, like I felt its length, and like I knew that it pulled the Lord of the Rings the first time, where basically the movie should have ended. It had a completely unnecessary third scene, mm-hmm. which is basically Michael Jordan's uh, chopper goes down, yeah. and and basically that rest is like, oh my god, like okay, let's finish this out, I guess. And I didn't really feel the first time and I definitely felt it the second time. Yeah. Other stuff for the second screening and the other bookkeeping I kind of want to take care of. This movie was basically two characters. It was Deadshot and Harley. Yeah. That's it. El Diablo was a completely mechanical uh, thing because you needed somebody that was powerful enough to defeat the evil and and they tried to humanize him and I didn't care and and he was a powerful sacrifice that I didn't care about. Same yeah. thing with the Navy SEAL. Captain, why are you here? I think we described him in his name. Killer Croc, you were a huge fan of. To me, I liked Killer Croc in the animated series because he's actually a very interesting character. He is much more interesting in the animated series. And I they agree. basically reduced him to me to a racial stereotype, so that, I didn't really care about him. That is regrettable. 
inevitable. Yeah. I do admit that they kind of lean too heavy on the racial aspects of who he is. Yeah. And so, you know, the first screening, I was drinking some beers and I was having a good time. Mm-hmm. My second screening, I focused on the stuff that I, you know, I know I talked about in previous movies how I was able to ignore the stuff that annoyed me and I liked the movie more. In this case, I ignored the stuff that I enjoyed the first time and the second screening, all I could do is focus on the stuff that annoyed me. And it, again, it's not an objectively good movie and the second screening, I really picked up on that and I would, I know we disagree, mm-hmm. I would like to give a shout out to Will Smith because I don't think if Will Smith was in, in this movie, I don't think it would have been half as good. He did the best job that he could and he he and Margot uh, Robbie basically carried the movie. Absolutely, because Rick Flagg's acting was terrible. Awful. His character was terrible. Yes. Everybody else was inconsequential at best. Mm-hmm. And, and Well, except for, I would say, Waller also was part of it. Okay, Waller... Uh, Fair enough. Waller's acting was good and her character was good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. This movie is basically Waller, Deadshot, Harley Quinn. That's what this movie is and it's just a bunch of terrible action scenes strung together uh, and and I think the key is that it took itself too seriously. If it would have taken itself less seriously and not been as long and not tried to do as much, it it could have been a great uh, popcorn flick. So my second screening, I focused on the stuff I did not like. Yeah. Okay. So my second screening, I went in dreading watching this. I knew it was going to be another two hours and ten minutes and I was just like god damn it but I wanted to try and like focus on the things that I might have missed the first time. Well, and that, you know, kind of maybe the goal of the podcast yeah, is exactly. to, to watch in the vacuum. Mm-hmm. So going on that, some of the things that I missed the first time that I realized after watching the second time, there was a whole scene where the guard was like down 10000 or more dollars. At the underground casino. At the underground casino. And I didn't, I remember seeing that scene, but not realizing the importance of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I saw it the second time and I'm like, oh yeah, this scene happened. Mm-hmm. It turns out it explains why the Joker knows about the bombs and things like that. Okay, so that actually made me like it a little bit more. Like, I'm like, okay, the story's a bit more cohesive than I originally thought. Sure. So uh, when I, I walked out of it the second time, I was like, okay, the story actually made a bit more sense than I originally thought. Because at first I was like, oh, there, all these things happen and nothing makes sense. And it actually kind of like tied itself together. Like, so the Joker knows why that happened. So now I understand why the Joker kind of does what he does. I'm going to say something though, then this might shock you guys. I feel like while I liked the Joker in mm-hmm. this. I thought his uh, Jared Leto's version of the Joker was great. Sure. I feel like you could have cut all of the Joker out of this. All together. You absolutely could. And I think that it would have been a better movie if you had. I I understand where you're coming from. I don't think it would have been a better movie, but the Joker was mechanics. Yeah. There is so much of this movie that was mechanics, which is like, right. I gotta have this. Yeah, 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 yeah. you could cut the Joker out for sure. And I feel like they could have because... Like I said in my initial impression of this movie, that I wanted to see what this movie could have been. Uh-huh. I wanted to see the what potential. it was going for. Yeah, the yeah. potential. And one of the, the things that we talk about a lot is that brevity is the source of wit. Yeah. And if this movie had actually tried to be brief and kind of cut through a lot of the bullshit and the buildup and all that, it could have been great. If you didn't have the Joker in it at all and just had, like, now we got this guy and this guy and this guy, and then they got to do something. And, and if they're main bad guy was not something that Amanda Waller actually caused. So they're they're not trying to fight an enemy that they created. Oh, that's actually an interesting point, though. The fact that, you know, it kind of met at that point, right? They're fighting what, you know, Amanda Waller is fighting what she created. Using what she created. I I accept that, but at the same time, I also kind of hate it, but they're like, because there's all these other people they could have used in the DC universe as, like, a, a bad guy. Sure. And they were like, we've got 
this guy, this person that we created. It was like, why? Why couldn't it have been somebody else? Can I, can, may I, may I retort? No. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So out of all, this movie's two hours, 10 minutes, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. out of all of that, the Joker scenes are possibly some of the best scenes. So all the BS they could have cut to make it shorter, I think keeping the Joker would make it a better movie and cutting, cutting Slipknot. Yeah. Cutting, cutting there's Slipknot, so cutting much the stuff you could cut. Oh boy. Okay. So, uh, and that's and then, what I'm saying. I think the Joker made this movie better. I agree. It needs to be shorter, but I think these scenes are the best. That. Yeah. There is another thing about a Joker's, uh, because Adding the Joker is part of the character of the Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's part of making the story. Yeah. So I don't think it's, it's a good idea to cut okay. all the things. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm willing to concede that they could have cut a lot more than the Joker. Sure. I felt like the Joker wasn't necessary. He was absolutely not necessary. You're correct. But I you perhaps are right that maybe it would have been a worse movie without him. Mm-hmm. They could have cut so much more. Oh, God. Especially yes. Captain Boomerang. Oh, Captain, why are you here? Okay, so here's, here's something that I noticed the second time. The only time that he was ever useful was when he throws a boomerang and they use it as like a sky cam. Because uh-huh. he throws a boomerang, and then they're like, "Oh, and now I can see like what's going on in the citadel that the oh, uh, the enchantress and what what's her face are doing." That does that's not how cameras work. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make any sense at all. I'm like that was one of the things that pulled me out of it, and where I'm like, I was just like, "That's not that doesn't make any sense." And if they had done something where like it was a bunch of still frames, I could see a camera taking pictures every so many like rotations of the boomerang. It that could would, be gyroscopically stable, but how? The entire body of the thing is spinning. Like that yeah. doesn't that that's not how physics works. Well, you, you could do something, but you're right. You would need active control. Yeah, yeah. And so it, and he was just like getting like perfect like 1080 stream from this boomerang that he threw onto his phone. I was like, this is well, idiotic. I mean, you're absolutely right. Where it's like, and that could have been done by a Navy Seal. Yeah, a, a freaking Navy Seal could have busted a little UAV quadcopter out of his backpack. Absolutely. <laughs> that was the only part where he was even remotely useful. Where his boomerangs were useful because yeah. every other time he uses them he's, he uses them like a knife yeah yeah he i remember there's one scene where he's sharpening them and yeah. it's like cool yeah why are, why are they boomerangs yeah also how do you catch them then if they're sharp because he's not wearing gloves uh i believe that the one guy tried to catch them in mad max 2 yeah. and it did not work out very well no yeah exactly <laughs> So yeah, his character is bonkers. I I liked his character. I liked I liked the actor who played his character. I guess he's funny. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. He's a funny comedic relief. But I oh god, he just didn't make any sense. So there was one part with his character, Captain Wiry here, where they're in the bar scene, and then Captain Flag like or whatever. Colonel. I don't give a fuck. Private Flag. <laughs> Private, get the fuck out of this movie. God, you suck. He's terrible. Smashes his phone on the counter. Sure. And he's like, you guys are free to go. And Captain Wire here immediately leaves. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I guess it's the last we're ever seeing of him. Yeah. And then they have this big, like, rousing moment. And they all get back together. And they're just like, okay, now we're going to actually go fight the enemy for yeah. real. And, like, take back our lives, essentially. Yeah. And then they're, like, doing this hero pose role of walking down the street. And then, like, Captain Wire here just kind of shows up. And you're like, oh, you're, you're back? Huh? Which describe? I think that that describes him the best, which is just shows up. Yeah, but however, someone was like, I was talking to our friend Nikki about this. Yeah, and someone on a forum made a great post where they're like, Why did his character come back? And then someone was like, His name's Captain Boomerang. Oh, uh, he always comes back. I accept that point. <laughs> Fair enough. 
That might be a meta joke. Yeah, fair he enough. He was always drinking something, too. It was probably a beer, but I was like, what is he drinking? What are you drinking, dude? He's always pulling something out of his coat. Hey, it's like Mad at Moody. Or in uh, in Ocean's Eleven, Rusty's always eating something. No, that's fair. Yeah. I just didn't know where he was pulling these drinks out from. He's got a giant coat where he puts a stupid unicorn because they had to shove my unicorn here's, joke fetish into my yeah, face. Here's something about his character that didn't make any sense. He shows up by them capturing him, right? Yeah, in a bank vault or something. Or whatever. But he had to have been processed of some kind, so he wouldn't have had all of his stuff with him. He gets stabbed in the heart with a knife, and then he is saved by what appears to be a giant stack of money. Yeah. Where did that money come from? Well, wasn't he, like, robbing a vault? Yeah, but, uh, like, I mean, like, they they would have processed him through, like... Oh! Yeah, so he, he wouldn't yeah, have had I, all I see what you're him. saying, yeah. Yeah, so why did he have money on him then? Oh. It didn't make any sense. Nothing about him makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, so anyway, going back to, like, the fact that my, my second impression, it made more sense the second time, but I had basically the same reaction where every time someone was talking who wasn't Waller, I hated it. What about Deadshot and Harley? I hated... You made a point, and I was surprised by it, where you felt like Will Smith did a good job of acting in this. He he did the best he could. I guess. <laughs> because, But I don't actually agree with that, because I was amazed to see someone do all of their acting via phone. Okay. He phoned in this movie so hard. If you if you say that about this movie, Will, Will Smith, for better or worse, is Will Smith. Yeah. And and, and it's like, you know... No, I wasn't, I'm not trying to say that this is Will Smith as somebody else, right? Yeah. The, uh, it was clear that he was Will Smith and Will yeah. Smith always kind of is Will Smith yeah. in everything that he does but there were just some scenes where like he was like with his daughter and she was like don't do it daddy and he's like alright honey I won't do it for you like he barely even tried to act like he cared about that girl oh uh, see okay yeah and I was like sure It's it wasn't even him like not being Will Smith I already know Will yeah, Smith okay, Will I'll Smith is always Will Smith sure he just like was like yes I absolutely agree that we have to stop this evil I read it. Th- I read it the other way. I wow. thought that he was standard Will Smith, and Will Smith. Will Smith is fine. Yeah, and Will, Will Smith, Smith is good. fine. I uh, thought it was bad. Will Smith. Fair enough. And so, yeah, whereas enough. I thought this was awesome, Margot Robbie. Oh, she acted the shit out of that character. Absolutely she was great. And a lot of people will criticize her for being fan service, and I'm sure she was. But she was again. I mean, yeah. she was one of the redeeming parts of this movie. I, I absolutely agree. And I loved Amanda Waller. She was a bad person. She's a nefarious. I would say she's an evil character trying to do good. Fair enough. That's not necessarily... I'm not trying to describe, like, ethics. I was just like, she does a lot of evil things, and a lot of these things are her fault. Well, so, you know, the key is basically, do you have an emotional reaction, or do you care about this character? And they don't have to be what we call good. Yeah. No, I agree. A good character is somebody you care about. Yeah. Because there were a lot of characters in this movie that I didn't... One, I didn't care about, and two, there were characters I didn't even know were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, we have not even mentioned Katana except for, like, one time. Oh, her character was so useless. Yes. I don't even... I'm not even going to go into why I think her character was useless. And she why doesn't deserve it. it. That, no. oh, sorry. That character does not deserve yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Yeah. So, something I mentioned a little bit ago that I'm going to bring up really quickly. We talked about the Enchantress doing that weird, like, movement slash dance thing that she was doing. I'm doing it right now. And yeah, actually basically everyone in the room is doing it. We're all doing yeah, it right yeah, now. Yeah. I, I remember people talking about that scene and like, why is she doing that? And I have actually made sense. It's like, I interpreted the spell that
that she was casting as like electricity flowing through her body. So her reactions are very jerky and kind of weird. And it's because I assumed that, or I got the impression that it was supposed to be like this power is flowing through her and her body's just jerking in reaction, not as part of the spell, but because of the spell. Like I suffer from a movement disorder that causes my body to move in weird ways. It's called dyskinesia. And she actually moves in a very dyskinetic way, a method that's actually very similar to the movement disorder that I suffer from. So I was like, oh, she's doing that. And that's because of an electrical imbalance uh, in the brain. I got the impression that she was like, this power is surging through her and she's generating this like amazing spell. And it was, you know, very reminiscent of that to me. And so I kind of got that impression from her. Okay. But oh, I yeah. also have, a, enough. I have an extremely unique take on that. No, <laughs> no, I don't believe you read too far into things. Maybe no, no. that's not, that's not what I mean. I mean like 1% of 1% of all of the world have a dyskinetic disorder. So uh, not everyone's going to have that. Well, uh, yeah. In previous podcasts, you've done that, but however, it's true. I know yeah. I will admit that I read, I even yeah. said in one of the descriptions of one of our previous podcasts. Oh yeah. You read too far into something. something. Yeah. No, um, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. Fair enough. It's like, you know, it's like if I, you know, work out too much, aka every day, yeah. you know, sometimes mm-hmm. my muscles hurt and I'll like be walking and do like, I'll like, like my, my, my leg might be weird because I did squats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll buy it. Okay. Yeah. And that's basically it. But yeah, like I, I want to see what this movie could have been. And I went and I wanted to see what, who was involved in the editing of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I went and looked at the trivia associated with the movie, this movie. Apparently there was all these scenes about like the killer croc that were cut out. Sure. And the Joker that were cut out. I can't believe there's any part of this movie that was cut out. I thought that we saw the first draft of this movie. They're like, okay, that's great. Ship it. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> there's, like, there's just so much shit in this movie. Like, superfluous nonsense. There's a movie. lot of fat. There's yeah. There's a lot of fat. I can't believe that someone even went through one round of editing on this movie. Yeah. This movie could have been so much better if they'd done any kind of editing. I, I know I keep saying the word editing. That needs to be... That's exactly it. This movie, editing, that's it. No, well, and that makes sense. I mean, it, you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, and, and there's that joke. I don't remember who said it, but it's the, there's some comedian who's like, I like to watch the fishing channel, but I feel bad for the editor because the editor is the guy who has to cut out all the stuff that is not interesting enough for TV. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's the thing where it's like, it's like who, whatever editor was like, I did the best I could. You gave me like five hours and I tried to make it like halfway good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, so that is a great metaphor for this movie. Yeah. This is a fishing show, and boy, they I guess they did the best they could, yeah. which is incredible to me. Yeah. And I, I this is, like I said, the longest movie we've ever watched. It's two hours and ten minutes. Oh, God, it could have been so much shorter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, so we just watched Heather's last episode. It's like 90 minutes, right? It's an hour and 40 minutes long. Okay. But it feels like a three-hour long movie. It does. This movie feels like it's 45 minutes long, and it should have been 45 minutes long. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know what's funny? Usually a long movie will feel like it's like 10 hours long. Yeah. So this one, yeah, there's just nothing in this. No. Yeah. So yeah, okay. that was my impression. Um, so now let's grades. go ahead and give our grades. Let's grade it up. Okay. So what is your your grades from an A through F scale on your first impression and then your second impression? A. Oh, so the math and the So A, A is the best. A plus A, is the best. A, yeah. A plus so this follows the American education system. USA all the way. Whoa! We're in school now. Yeah. Second screening school. Yeah, more than the school. No, so it's A. It's like. 
A plus A, A minus B plus B, B minus yeah. C plus oh, C, C minus, that sort of thing. Mean. Yeah. Okay. Not but... everyone here was raised under the American education system. Guess who? Post a comment and guess who it was not. not. <laughs> I would say the first impression I would give a D minus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yep. after seeing that again, I feel like, okay, there's still something that variable can be picked up. So I would get, give her D. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fair. All right, Matthew. Barely passing. Yeah. All right, my grading. I'm going to go B, first impression. That's... Solid popcorn movie. Okay. Loved it the first time. Absolutely loved it. Solid popcorn movie. Turns out you're an idiot. No. Turns out today's episode brought to you by beer. That's called <laughs> a throwback. A second screening, I'm going to go C+. Plus. It did okay. get worse. It. I, I focused a lot on the stuff that annoyed me, and the weaknesses shine the second time. So, uh, so B to C+. Plus. This is where... I've actually been thinking about this a lot, and it's hard for me to give grade value to this. And I, I don't exactly know why. It's I remember there's a lot of it that I liked and a lot of it that I didn't like. I originally thought that I wanted to give it an F. Wow, first screening, bold. Yeah, but I don't think it's I don't think it's an F. I'm I think I'm gonna have to go probably a D. Okay. And the reason why uh, I I wanted to go with F originally because I walked in with no impression of this movie. I had to, like I knew that people didn't like it, whatever. So I had no expectations for this movie, and I walked out disappointed. Okay. And I feel like that below, that deserves an F. But there was a lot to this movie that I really liked, and like I said, I want to see what this movie could have been. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going to give it a D. And then the second time I actually did like it more, there were parts that I still hated. So my feelings didn't change significantly, So, but I did enjoy it more. So I'm going to give a D to D+. Plus. First screen. And it's not... And yeah, that's not... That's exactly it. I know it's like a not a huge change, but like I just liked it a little bit more the second time. Fair enough. And yeah. I, yeah. But... I was so ready to give this movie a solid F when I walked out of the movie the first time. I walked out like just like you can't see my face, but I'm like just angry face, like strutting. I'm like fuck this movie. But the more I thought about it, it does, it wasn't a failure. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I I gave an improvement is because I part of reason I is I blaming the editing. So that's only the one person's or like I don't know exactly, but one person's responsibility to make the movie bad. So I feel like if you uh, look at other people's work, I think oh they're still like fair enough. Like, and I think there's some movie trivia here. So you know the Star Wars that that we all knew and loved. I believe, and I'll try to check this later. But I believe that you know it used to be you know director and editor, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that George Lucas was directing it, and and basically you know he filmed it, and then the ed- he gave it to the editor. Mm-hmm. And I think that he hated the way the editor was editing it so much that I think he eventually he would come in on weekends and basically kind of re-edit it. And then I believe at some point he basically let the editor go. Yeah. And and it it absolutely could be that maybe this movie maybe it was a completely different vision that was given to somebody else yeah that maybe. maybe they made it worse yeah maybe okay so that's our review of suicide squad it, ah, it could ah, have been ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it could have been great and it just never quite got there yep yeah okay so next month we're gonna do something kind of fun Woo! It's Matthew's birthday month. Woo! Spooktober. Spooktober. It's also Halloween next month. So this is clearly September. Again, with our running theme of destroying the 
Greenfieldness of this podcast. Hit him with the old Greenfield. Yeah. What did you call it? Evergreen. Evergreen. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, I screwed it up so bad. I'm not cutting this off. Good. Keep it. So this is clearly coming out in September. Next month is Halloween, so we're doing kind of a spoopy movie, and it's called Catacombs. Catacombs. Yeah. <laughs> so prepare to have your pants shocked off. By Catacombs next time on Second Screening. Bye! Bye!